0: Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.
1: Hello and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash CNE Games or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamato, a.k.a. Do- Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times as well as <laughs> how gaming affects us. If you're here this live in the chat and you leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show, uh, our topic today is going to be how games have helped us coming back for season three of this. Show. Uh, but before we get to that, Meet Your Doctor B, who are you for people who may not know?
2: Okay, as is traditional, I get to go first, apparently, because <laughs> this guy says so. Um, I am a registered clinical counselor, psychotherapist in Victoria, BC, working with families, adults, lots of people, and also. I'm someone who really loves games and has found them to be a wonderful and positive influence in my life. And so uh, I really, I also work with games therapeutically and help people work through any issues they may have with games. Yeah. Often their issues look like I play too many video games. And so we talk about that.
3: Uh, well, I am Rafael Bocamazzo, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. If you are just joining us for the very first time, they laugh at that every time. <laughs> it's been 21 shows now and they (laughs) laugh at that every time but i am a non-practicing doctor of clinical psychology i do uh, nothing but policy and education these days though i was clinically trained i did used to work with people i may eventually one day i don't know my career has been a fluid and wonderful thing i'm also uh, so as the clinical director of TakeThis.org, i do a lot of public speaking education this sort of thing and uh, i also I am an expert on the applied use of role-playing games in clinical and learning settings, and I am so pumped to talk about how games have helped us because I think so many of us were aware of that beforehand, but in a weird, you know, thanks, pandemic, people are, like, coming over to our side of things now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, So, yeah, yeah. Where, where do we, where do we want to start with this? Um, because <laughs> oh. it is kind of more a, uh, the, the, this one, we're, we're going to have something slight spoilers for later in the season. We're going to have something that looks more at gaming with other people, but this one's a little bit more personal about how specifically we have found games have helped us. Um, so yeah. Where do you want to start with that?
3: Um, I, I, I want to apologize to what people just found out. I am currently dog sitting for uh, a, a small dog that has some
1: separation anxiety.
2: It's a super cute small dog.
1: It's. A, I, it, you're gonna, she's perfectly welcome here.
2: You're gonna have to show her off for a second. She's oh, like, I feel she's I like
1: feel a little bad because like little...
3: she's, she's not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I almost feel like sh- should I should I show should I show someone else's dog on camera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i well, get that i get that
2: it's a good question but she if, clearly if she, wants to be here so there's that
1: <laughs> yeah if she barks enough you know she, that's that's her being like i i, I need my 15 i now. consent <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, um,
2: but i
3: however i i'm games do a lot for us i mean we we know that games are more than the moral panic makes it seem a lot of the time so whether it's video games whether it's board games, whether it's Dungeons & Dragons, you know, every one of these has had their moment of will somebody think of the children? <laughs> yes. And um, I, I incidentally, I've written about some of it. Um, I love writing about the moral panic around D&D in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s concurrent with the satanic panic. And um, they... It, but we we know that games are a meaningful way of bringing us all together and that um, video games actually there's there's emerging research to show the idea that video games as an interactive form of media is a fantastic way of, of self-regulating mood like a Definitely. lot of people say when I'm angry I go listen to music I go watch TV I go watch a movie video games have been shown in certain studies to be an even better form of self-regulation than traditional media like movies and music so it's just it there's there are benefits out there that we just mm-hmm. don't hear enough because that's not you know
2: that's not the, that's not the dominant narrative yeah um and that doesn't always tie in with with um people's not some people particularly humans who haven't played video games may have a very um limited recognition of how valuable they can be Right, so that the narrative around "oh, this is harmful or dangerous" um, can really take over in situations where we don't know and we don't have any personal experience.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I, I think uh, I think good question to like kind of start this off is what games have helped you, and how did they help you? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, mm. I have <laughs> definitely
3: definitely got my stories but i want to let you two go first
2: you want to let us two go first yes all right yeah all right i think i think we can intersperse i think that's a thing we can do um okay so uh i found for me growing up as an only child with a bunch of adults around me that games were a great equalizer It can be a little bit lonely at times particularly if you kind of move countries and don't have a lot of friends your own age Um, and so getting to just play games put me and the adults around me on a more equal footing for that time that we were playing together and that really helped that was certainly a start yeah and then of course um in all the traveling as a kid you don't need to really understand the same language to play the street games, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. It's okay if you're not fluent to play tag, right? Um, or skipping rope games. Yeah. Um, so that really helped out in terms of getting to play and hang out with other kids in the non-English speaking countries in which I lived. Mm-hmm or temporarily relocated to probably is the most accurate way of sharing that. So, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do really quickly want to put in there uh, chat. If you uh, would like to bring up a game that helped you and the way that it helped you go ahead and put it in there and uh, we'll see if we can get them in at the end of the show. Um, yeah. I, uh, the, the two that I cuz like I, I did have like a list of, of things on here but like the two that I definitely want to say one of them is I've talked about here before is Pokemon Red and Blue helped me learn how to read like I did not like reading it was not my thing I got I got ADHD and a little bit I'm it's undiagnosed but I've got a little bit of dyslexia cuz I couldn't tell the difference between a b and a d until 6th grade um but uh it, that was the one where it was like, no, I want to read this. I want to read everything that everyone is saying. And oh god, there's a pupper. Oh god, <laughs> it has arrived. Uh oh all you listeners, you're missing out. Oh my um, god.
2: The compact perfection.
1: <laughs> Little <laughs> and, Yeah. And, and yeah, the the being able to be sitting there with the game being so interested in everything that was going on and wanting to Actually, for the first time, having the want to read, not just what was coming up on the screen, but the player's guide. Like, I had that thing with me all the time. Like, if I couldn't have my Game Boy with me, I had my player's guide with me because everyone was like, oh, it's just a book. It's fine. <laughs> um, and, and OK, what, Dr. B, what, what about you? We'll, we'll, we'll do the interspersing thing.
3: Um, uh, so, I mean, God, I've got a lot. Games mm-hmm. were games were my refuge growing up. That, you know, being undiagnosed autistic, I was often really out of step with my peers. And the, you know, game... Similarly to you, Trevor, Nintendo Power was something I would devour in terms of reading. And people were pumped because, you know, it was reading. Um, Additionally... Oh, and there she goes. uh, (laughs) Off my lap. She is real anxious today. Um, But the... um, I still actually got the first 70 issues of Nintendo Power. Uh, I love that. And the first issue is framed. But uh, beyond that, like I, I've got, I had some really gnarly, gnarly medical procedures done uh, when I was about 10 years old, and I won't get into you know, details mm-hmm. around that. Yeah. But after one particularly just real gnarly one that was one of the more painful experiences of my life, my mom took me to a local store and she said, hey, pick out one game for your Game Boy. And I did. Uh, the original Kirby's Dream Land was just fresh out at the time. Okay, nice. just a couple months old. And I we didn't know Kirby was pink yet because it was black <laughs> and white. But um, I picked it. And for the next couple of hours, I forgot about how painful what just happened to me was. I was distracted and I got Mm -hmm. to explore what it was to, you know, be a flying, ravenous marshmallow. (laughs) We we still don't know. Um, Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, eventually that moved into things like tabletop RPGs that help me connect with people. But I mean, I, I have got no shortage of ways that games have helped me. And I feel like if I continue going, I am going to completely dominate this. So I want to throw this back to you.
2: Ah, all right, well, I'll go next. So for me, initially, it was board games um, because mm. because when I was a kid, because I'm old, there were no video games. So actually, what I remember as a teenager was um, a... Because uh, not growing up in North America meant that even when things like Atari came out, we didn't have access to them right away. None of my friends had that. But one of my friends got the one of the first Apple I think it was the Apple IIe, and it had Othello on it. And I was transfixed. And really, it's just a very simple checkers-type game. But I was absolutely transfixed that you could sort of virtually play this thing.
3: You didn't have to set it all up. You could yeah. just, it was there, and they, was turned, there. they flipped things over for you. Right.
2: And you didn't have to play with a person you could play against the computer. So you could actually play a game by yourself. But it felt interactive because it was kind of like with someone else, but not. But, you know, anyway, so it didn't matter about losing either. Right. Because something that can be tough about games is losing versus winning and how you deal with that. Um, And it's actually that's one of the best things about games is figuring out how to deal with losing we'll get to that but anyway at the time it was just like this thing and I was fascinated and to this day I actually quite love technology and I do rather enjoy my Apple products I'll confess but I don't <laughs> care really I'll, I'll use any screen um, if it's a game and I will also I have um, <clears throat> I have an Animal Crossing switch you know
1: but yeah. and we, and you got we the cons- limited
2: edition
3: Animal Crossing one?
1: I I have I have the I have the base for it right here <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yeah. amazing. And you, did you know you can um you can play all co- code names games on it too well yep. you can certainly Oh that play was champions. that
3: was good yeah that was good
2: idol champions is on there it
3: is <laughs> why did you tell me this mitra <laughs> well, because you know
2: if you didn't know um that you could kind of play it on the go on your switch you should shouldn't you well shouldn't you know these things i can't leave you out of it because i need idle
3: champions on one more
1: system (laughs) right right you'd You'd have
2: to yeah you do you really do why not all
1: the systems all
2: the systems they're so great so yeah so i mean i knew that there was this sort of nascent love of technology and definitely a love of games but i i think unfortunately um many women were sort of gatekeep kept Many women weren't really encouraged to play video games, and we certainly have talked about that in previous episodes. And so there was this negative association with video games, and certainly the types of games that were coming out weren't necessarily uh, super exciting to me. And then I didn't necessarily have the best systems on which to play games either, because mostly I had laptops. So as time went on, the ability, and the access to some of the better and more interesting games. It just didn't occur to me. So so you got
3: real good at Minesweeper.
2: <laughs> I played a lot of those types of games. I played a lot of word games too, actually, as time went on. But at this early point, mostly I didn't really play games. It was actually getting together uh, with Eric that got me involved in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still remember actually... Um, Having, I think, a fairly typical spouse response to your partner playing games for hours. You know when you go into the room and you say something like, <laughs> there are pink hippopotami circling on the ceiling in the kitchen. And your, your partner says, yeah, yeah, sounds great. I want to play
3: D&D at your house so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want you to play D&D at my house. Like It's just, just like, it, it will be so lovely. Incidentally, I get my second vaccine shot today. I'm pretty excited Ooh, and also yeah. terrified. I'll check
3: in with you tomorrow, see how you you're feeling.
2: You tell me, how awful will it be? But in any case, yeah. So, So at first, hearing, I'm on it. I got it. I'm on it. I got mm-hmm. it that's Command & Conquer for you, really, really oh. irritated me. And I almost wanted to just jump in there and turn his system off, you know, because, like, <laughs> I was not present. And so so certainly I think for a lot of people that's kind of a negative association with games. But you can move through this, people, and you can join your partner, and you can play games together, mm-hmm. and you can have a lot of fun. And for years our family played World of Warcraft together, and that
1: was yeah. the best. And uh, we we might go into that more later on down the road in the season.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about Mm. games and relationships. But I know for me, it was a revelation to be able to play a game like World of Warcraft and to be Mm -hmm. in kind of a Tolkien-like world where I was a powerful elf running around. You know, I mean, it was just like, it just kind of brought... All of the fantasy tropes that I had loved so much to life in an interactive and fascinating way that I had just not known was possible. And so, and playing with other people, um, some of the time we all know pickup groups aren't a joy, but navigating the negative energy sometimes in those environments actually helps us better manage it in our lives.
3: Mm -hmm. So, You know, as we were talking about this yesterday, Mitra, and you were you were talking about some of the lessons we learn from gaming, I you know, such as frustration tolerance, and um, I see that uh, I see that some people are talking about cribbage in the chat, which by the way, yes, I have been playing that since I was six. It has become a great bonding thing, and I probably played, and I'm not even kidding, a thousand games during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I remember you talking with about that yeah Yeah, sometimes three games a day um,
3: <laughs> often uh, but the uh, but yeah it there's so many of the lessons that we're talking about that a lot of I've heard parents and educators talk about when it comes to um, comes to traditional sports mm-hmm. like, You know, football teaches us uh, the frustration tolerance, winning, losing, fair play, etc., etc. But we so rarely—we're starting to more—but we so rarely hear that discussed within the context of, let's say, Destiny Two. Yeah. Hey,
1: I'm wearing that shirt.
3: (laughs) Oh, are you? I
1: I didn't didn't notice. I'm wearing my Season of Triumph shirt. Um, yeah, but, I mean, we hear we hear
3: about... We don't hear about that enough talked about in Destiny 2 or Mario Party, um, which <laughs> I'm not allowed to play with certain people anymore.
2: Oh, Words were my said. Goodness. I can't take
3: them back. <laughs> oh my I'm God. having a
2: flashback to the winter of 96, uh, which in Victoria was... Um, was the time of the big dump because it doesn't snow much here. And there was this absolutely massive snowfall. And uh, my husband's best friend, and I was there at that time engaged, but the guy who was going to be our best man, essentially, who had been planning on a wild New Year's Eve in Vancouver, was stranded with us, just the two of us, over uh, Christmas and New Year's. Actually, I think he'd come home for Christmas. So he was stranded with us over New Year's. And the three of us were playing Super Mario on the N64. That snowman slide oh. got me every time. <laughs> hours and hours of this thing. The
1: worst. <laughs> The worst. We. Oh my god. Time
2: stopped. There was yes. only the snowman. Slide. Yeah, there was
1: only the snowman. There that was a sounds really like bonding a bonding experience.
2: The three of us.
1: By the way, the the lines "Time stopped. There was only the snowman" are the most terrifying first words of a novel I need to write. Oh my
0: god! Yes, I want to read
1: this. Um, yeah. The the great. You know, this is actually
3: that feels like an extension of Calvin and Hobbes, like the Snowman House of Horrors. Yes, yes. totally. This is. This is Bill Watterson's next project under a pseudonym that time mm-hmm. stopped. There was only the snowman and mm-hmm. the ensuing rampage.
2: It was like an endless, endless loop. <laughs> you're at the bottom. You're at the top again trying yeah, but, to make it down. You know, it's,
3: right. it's 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 interesting to think about. It's, it's really interesting to think about all of these uh, virtues that we ascribe to, you know, in real life. Meat space um, activities. Yeah. That we have been historically, as a society, hesitant to ascribe to video games. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that the stereotype of the, you know, uh, count, count, I don't want to say antisocial, because that has a very specific meaning in psychology, but the sort of negatively social, uh, super introverted gamer dude with no social graces living in, you know, under the bridge in mom's basement... (laughs) with poor hygiene that stereotype is largely inaccurate yeah. i mean look at the three of us we're gamers yep. and mm-hmm. I, you know so many of my relationships were built around the idea of games i've got so many good r- good memories of 16 player worm armageddon tournaments when oh, i was yeah. a teenager and yeah. really making that uh, my friend's dad angry when we
1: cheered too loudly at 3 oh, am <laughs> i i mean i i've i've talked on the about it on the show before but like Playing Halo 2 online with a bunch of people helped me figure out what my personality was and like made me go like, oh, OK, uh, don't do this because you're 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 being a jerk. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, you know, like I by, by by seeing the way that people were presenting themselves, by seeing the way that I was presenting myself. Playing those games online and talking with people and interacting with them completely helped my social interaction. Um, the 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 last one that I wanted to bring up real quick before we we move into to some specifics about uh about this topic uh, is um because I, I, I t- I've talked about Dark Souls three and Celeste helping with depression but like one of them that I realized only recently helped me at a really young age with it was Majora's Mask um which see and is, i hear having never played majora's mask it causes a lot of feelings well, for people well, see because majora's mask is actually about uh grieving uh like the all of the areas are about oh. grief and the the thing that i realized it had a lot in common with dark souls actually is because everyone is having the worst day ever, but they're all trying to be like, it's fine, don't worry, we're all good, it's fine, and you're walking through it going, everything's terrible, like, I'm trying to help you all, what is going on? <laughs> and so it's 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 a weird walkthrough of a world full of depression that's being covered up by a mask, and it's so interesting that masks are a huge part of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Maybe like I thinking, should actually play this game. Oh yeah, mm. no, you have Majora's yeah. Mask is you one can, of my favorite games. Definitely
2: ever. convincing me, yeah.
1: Um, and it's and so like thinking about like the like what because I I definitely had I mean my my mom has, has told me this She was like I definitely had childhood depression, and thinking about the things that I did in those games and the the experiences that I had and the way it made me feel, I was like, oh, it, that actually rings a lot of bells with like how. Dark Souls 3 was with me and like how it helped me through stuff. Um But what one of the things that I, I I think that we should talk about is the uh the next section of it was the self-determination theory. Because I brought that up yesterday. It's like, what is that? I hadn't heard that before. So what is self-determination theory?
3: Well, it's so it's this idea that um just I mean it simply. Uh how do we explain this simply, that uh, Well, people do things for different reasons, okay? And so uh, back in the days when I used to work with people, um, I would, uh, you know, parents would come in concerned uh, often about how much their kids were playing games. And they were concerned about the addictive quality of the games, which that's a different episode we did. I have a lot of thoughts on that and the misuse of that term. Mm -hmm. But we looked at people's motivations for playing the games, like, were they playing the games to achieve a certain sense of competence that they didn't feel socially? Were they doing it to feel empowered? Were they doing it to find connection? Were they doing it to um, bolster themselves in some way that we haven't been able to, you know, to admit? Like, because kids talk, kids and teenagers talk about their emotions very differently than adults do. I mean. That seems sort of an obvious thing, but it's true. They don't process mm-hmm. emotions the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so we would often look at why they were playing the games and why some of these games were taking up so much of their time. And very frequently, it was because that was the only vehicle they had to feel or achieve the things they wanted to achieve, whether that's friends or or a sense of heroicism or social competence or... Um, even as a vehicle for social connection because they struggled with various learning disabilities or cognitive challenges. So um, it, just in a nutshell, and to paraphrase Terry Pratchett, it's a lie, but it's a really useful lie. Um, the Think of it as just like, what's my motivation? Why do I play
1: games? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: What am I reinforcing about myself?
1: Right. What do I want to achieve?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it is always funny to me, like... Um when i'll be playing a game and not realize that there would like like i'm so into it i think it's just i'm like oh this is just because it's so much fun and everything and then i realize that i'm learning something i'm like oh oh whoa
2: (laughs) 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 yeah i think games teach a lot Mm -hmm. yeah about ourselves and 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 kind of how to manage interactions with with other people's and people in them as well but but also they, um, they help us figure out what we like. And, and this one's a little bit more subtle because um, you know, when you look at a game, you can't always tell uh, if you're not thinking about the mechanics of the game, for example, um, or what sorts of things uh, occur within the game. You can't always tell if it's something you're going to enjoy, which is why I think let's plays are so great. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's odd because you don't want to give away too much and at the same time it's really neat to be able to experience a game for a little bit and go would, would I like this would I make the same choices what sorts mm-hmm. of things you know it's kind of a cool way to get to try it out especially since not all games can get returned so there's that take you, t-
3: you can return games I think I tried <laughs> that once with Simon's Quest Castlevania 2 because I played <gasps> it at way too young of an age and it uh, actually scared me
2: mm-hmm. oh no yeah
3: it actually scared me i remember being like seven years old and calling the store that my parents bought it from because i was you know undiagnosed autistic and precocious as i'll get out and I was like hmm yes well um i this game had content that i didn't expect and uh i wonder what your return policy is on games that give you nightmares <laughs> the store clerk as i recall was unsympathetic and confused
1: yeah yeah, yeah uh god you're making me remember i was just like what was the first game that scared me and i realized it was freaking multiplayer in goldeneye because there was one dude you could unlock that was the scary mummy dude slappers (laughs) only (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh i remember watching oh that. no it yeah.
1: wasn't the multiplayer it was one of the secret levels there was like this like weird the catacombs uh, yeah the catacombs mm-hmm. that dude scared the crap out of me um <laughs> i learned that about myself i didn't like catacombs or dead people um <laughs> yeah
2: i can't do horror period so i can't really do horror games i remember terrifying myself by actually reading the Amityville Horror at 13. And then, you know, I just remember seeing glowing red eyes everywhere oh. as I was lying there in the dark. Thin- oh, thank you. Couldn't possibly. Sorry. <laughs> can't unsee it now.
0: Yes. So, I mean,
2: so if a book could do that, I definitely don't watch horror movies. So,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, what are the, oh, one of the things, I, I to backtrack a moment, I forgot mm-hmm. to mention as I was, you know, one of the... Th- <laughs> Science communication is an interesting challenge, kids, uh, because you're trying to condense really complex ideas down into, a, a you know, easily bite-sized chunks, and one of the things I forgot as I was trying to kind of de- condense so uh, self-determination theory is this idea that the choices we make are sort of, based on our motivations, are sort of... Um, in they display the sort of personal growth we want to achieve. If I didn't make mm-hmm. that clear, I, I needed to. It's, it's weird to condense things down. um. But, yeah, I've talked about that in the past in regards to, like, the characters I created playing Dungeons & Dragons, especially in my teen years, that they were always mm-hmm. charismatic and suave mm-hmm. and socially aware in ways that I definitely was not. <laughs> it's true um,
2: you get to try out it's true I'm not socially aware no that is not what I'm saying not in the least <laughs> I what issue you-
1: apologies to Mitra semi-daily <laughs> <laughs> alright let's, uh, let's take a quick break to remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer and then when we come back maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the, the RPG factor of this so we'll be right back
0: Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, so
1: I, I, I we, we've talked about like RPGs and stuff with you know, the way that we've been able to try out things like what you were just talking about there. Um, and I am kind of sad that I didn't find tabletop RPGs at a younger age because I do feel like they actually have a lot. If run by the right person uh, that can teach younger kids uh, about life. I mean, I, I used to run games at a at a bookstore and the majority of people that showed up were kids. And it was really interesting sometimes to see when a kid would, like, do something that was absolutely just terrible to someone. And I'd have an NPC react. It was like, why would you do that? That was so mean. And the kid would go, uh, what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I like, I, I've explained it to, to my, my sister-in-law uh, when I was playing... Uh, when I was running games for my nephews, I was like, "Yeah, this will help them learn with math. This will help them learn social skills. Uh, this has a lot of good, applicable things to life." Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you all think about that?
2: I mean, I one hundred percent agree, um, and you know, really, a current um, a current thought that I'm having about that actually has to do with this. this. <laughs> you didn't see
3: that coming I, I legitimately <laughs> deny. I like, did not I did not at all are we doing are we are we
1: pulling things I out have of a, prop space now I can't make music like, with a lightsaber like no. I don't I don't know what I, I what can I do with this <laughs> he's kay. got a. okay he's got a fez oh, okay no, we've all fez. got props
3: now <laughs> yeah okay. my, DN, my, my my. okay No, yeah, we're pulling things out of prop space okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so what, what do you mean by that?
2: Okay, so what I mean by this is, is that I'm going to set it down now. It's way too tempting if I have it in my hands. That is a small lyre, which my mm-hmm. bard character likes to play. Um, growing up, <clears throat> I played the piano badly. Mm-hmm. And um, I lived in the house with my aunt, who played beautifully, but was very shy about performance. Um, Although she was, uh, you know, she and I used to sometimes, well, she teach me how to play as well. And Mm -hmm. I had piano lessons, but I never got the hang of it really. And, um, and I certainly can't sing. And this has been personally actually a source of, uh, actually anxiety and upset. I used to cry about the fact that I couldn't sing. And mm. there wasn't really a time in my life, conveniently over the last while anyway, where I could take voice lessons, but it was a source of great shame and upset. Like, mm. I am not kidding you. The, uh, the idea of actually singing, proclaiming poetry is fine. I know I have a good voice for that, and I really mm-hmm. enjoy poetry and speaking parts. It's all great. But singing was always terrifying. So... I now have a lyre, and sometimes I even actually sing badly, oh, but most enjoyably, hey. and it's great fun. And it's it's been a part of myself that I've gotten to try out and feel much better
1: about. I love about. that.
2: How mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. games have changed us, yeah.
3: It's yeah. I mean, games. The the cool thing. This this is a conversation I have with people a lot uh, about the difference between therapy and therapeutic. Because mm-hmm. after every talk that like I or some of my friends, uh, like you know Dr. Megan Connell, Adam and Adam at Game to Grow, the Kilmers over at Game to Grow, um, they we and Jack Birkenstock at the Bodana Group, we talk about the applied use of role playing games and people come and ask us how can we use this to help our friends work through their stuff well first of all don't okay
2: exactly don't
3: Mm -hmm. deliberately therapize your friends we did an episode about that just don't do it do not Uh, but creating this what i think trevor was talking about is creating a safe space to explore Mm -hmm. To try on different identities, to try on different social behaviors. Mm -hmm. For me, it was trying on different social scripts in a way that was, um, you know, in a way that was safe enough to to fail and try again. Mm
2: -hmm. And even
3: funny at times. Um, with trusted friends. this is part of the reason that having a, a trusting welcoming table and uh, environment is so important. and Mitra's talking about exploring new aspects of herself. And by the way, now Mitra, you and I we have we have to get together and sing some Tom Waits because, we have no, to. No one can sing Tom Waits badly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm
2: going to challenge that one. Have but you I ever do heard really Tom enjoy... Waits? <laughs> yes, he's, he's very gravel. His voice
3: has been described as a pack of cigarettes soaked in whiskey and run over by a steamroller.
2: I mean, that is perfect. And, and I feel like there's a good potential I could handle that. But um, he, he, he absolutely does grind the gears of his voice, if that's even a thing. Um, and, and yet, he does know how to apply it correctly, which is why he's good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm more like, you know, Tom Waits, but misaligned or something. Like, it's really just. How is not... Tom Waits not misaligned? <laughs> He know, man, he knows what he's doing. Let's face it, I don't, but that's part of the pleasure.
3: <laughs> We're gonna talk about this okay, later. All right, all
2: right. Here's the thing, I actually enjoy not knowing what I'm doing at times and, and, and getting to visit the places that scare me uh, about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this was just terrifying. Like the one thing that's really tough about moving countries at a point in your life where you haven't felt much of that self-determination the confidence around creating your own identity um, is that you're constantly terrified. You're going to say, or do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So I know that in my younger years, I really worked at creating that gloss. Um, That sort of, you know, like a cat, I'm going to always land on my feet and it'll always look intentional, Mm -hmm. you know? And then honestly, that doesn't make for a good therapist in the least. So I, I, (laughs) I'm much more human with my clients um, and I'm me, you know, this is who I am. This is who I am off camera. This is who I am here. Um, and I really value that. I really value getting to come to that place and feel that I can receive myself so that it doesn't really matter how well things are, are taken. Um, mm-hmm. so, so to me, games have absolutely been a part of that. Because just as you were saying, um, Dr. B, that we try out different roles. And the game environment with its clear rules sometimes helps us uh, more effectively try out the roles. And in our social experience, kind of getting to figure out what the rules are or what rules we can apply to our own behavior, doesn't matter whether someone else would do the thing. I know that that's not who I am. That kind of rulemaking also helps us function better in our lives, and games can definitely be a big part of that. So.
3: And also learn frustration tolerance. Actually, you know what? Yes, um, let's
2: get to that. Yeah. There's
3: okay. So back in the days when I used to work with people, um, I would um, I would have I would run social skills groups for autistic teens, and uh, we would you know have a specific learning goal that week and. A game I absolutely loved for teaching frustration tolerance and dealing with certain aspects of ambiguity is a game called We Didn't Play Test This At All. Oh, God. I
1: know that game. <laughs> what and a great name. I remember seeing that in a game store the first time, pointing it out to my wife and going, At least they're honest. <laughs> yeah.
3: It is, well, it's what's great about it, and this is really wonderful if you've got like 10 adults. Um, is I've never really seen a game go longer than five minutes because there are <laughs> cards on there that just say you win if everybody is visibly wearing blue or um, you know, you win if it's currently raining outside. I had to take that card out living in Seattle, but um, yeah. <laughs> But it's it's just really cool the the lessons that we can learn through these games of th- these games. like I, I mentioned Mario Party. I have gotten much better about not, not doing certain words during Mario Party. That I there, there may be a recording floating around of me insulting somebody's family down to the third generation Klingon style.
2: Wow, I'd love to hear that actually. Is there a way to find this? I I'm gonna... listen.
3: <laughs> I'm a monster when I play certain games. Like all of this goes away and I oh, just a... turn into a monster. What are you he saying? turns You're the fez like around and then it's just no, it's <laughs> it, it, like Hulk out time and it's just not pretty. <laughs> I get that. It, I, I it, actually I, I, I just I believe realized it. this.
2: I'm just intrigued and <laughs> curious. <laughs>
3: it's just, it, no, it's not pretty. It's really oh, okay. not. It's not fit for human consumption. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, go, going off of what you're saying, though, with like the, the, the learning to, to be okay with like, you know, like failure and losing and stuff like that. I, the one of the reasons like I stopped playing magic, the gathering for a long time was because I would take it so personally when my deck lost, because I spent so much time making it and I wanted it to work so well. And then it just got destroyed and I took it so personally. And now like I've, I've recently gotten back into magic a lot. Um, and, uh, the thing is though, is that like, I've come back to it now with this like weird new perspective where I get excited when the other person's deck starts doing really well, like even though I'm losing, I'm like, oh, this is cool. What's happening here? And like I'm getting I get hyped for what they're doing, and it's really weird. and, and people have been looking at me weird strangely, but i i'm I'm having fun with it again because <laughs> I'm not taking it personally. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah.
2: actually that's actually quite the lesson. like as as an only kid, sometimes, you know, you've got times where, um, adults generally cater a bit to you. And mm-hmm. this didn't happen very often because I didn't have your typical uh, nuclear family, only child sort of stability situation going for any great length of time. But, um, but the, you know, parents and other family members kind of expect to take care of, of you, particularly if you're a kid. And, and generally when they play games, they, uh, in my family anyway, they weren't horribly harsh about it. For mm-hmm. the most part, there are there are certain exceptions. But okay, I'm not being clear. What I'm trying to say is that getting to play games as an equalizer and learning mm. to lose was really great. Um, but I ended up doing that kind of, um, I kind of at least at first felt people just had it in for me. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't oh, they make yeah. the kind choice instead of the mean choice? Like, why did they have to go for, why you have to kill me so that I have to start uh, it's bar here but it's it's um you know it was called Ludo when I played it. And so it's like, why well, you have to get rid of my thingies so I have to start at the beginning again? Hey, you on. could have Re- just gone on by and you have to take me out. <laughs> like-
1: Real quickly, going off that point, Babylon Ranger 2G6 with The chance Did anyone play Sorry? Because that was really good at teaching yes! No Hard Feelings. No, oh, it, was no oh, it was not. No, it so was not. No, it was not. Every feelings. child in my kindergarten school. Such oh my suck. God. No. So
2: much. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. So...
3: When we were talking yesterday for the pre-production, Mitra brought up a really good point uh, that, and uh, that I think you're kind of you're hinting at right now is the idea that playing games you can see people's motivation and you learn a yes. lot about people playing games. You know, Trevor brought up the idea of Magic, and I haven't played Magic in 24 years because mm-hmm. I I stopped. You know, I was young, I was a you know teenager. I didn't have disposable income, and I stopped playing around Ice Age. And, oh wow! Well, yeah. So a yeah. lot of the legend, you know, the really legendary cards were still in circulation in those days. And as a teenager with no disposable income, I was playing. You know, people who were at the time my age now, and could afford to throw chaos oh. orbs at me, mocks everything. Oh, geez, um, yeah. And it wasn't fun to be yeah. a thirteen-year-old getting stomped yeah. every. That, that time. was me with Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well it just was discouraging and the fact that you know these these you know third mid 30 late 30 year old guys were just taking yep. every opportunity to stop and by the way swindle in trades um, Oh yeah they were terrible a, you know a teenager it was so discouraging and you you can learn a lot about who you trust enough to play games with like um I mentioned playing cribbage and um, the, the person who I play all the cribbage with, and I have a rule that what's said at the cribbage table stays at the cribbage table.
2: Because um, again,
3: this goes away.
1: And I get mean. Like, the bow tie comes off. No, to, to the
3: to, to the point that they once told me, you know, if, if I if 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 you lose, you make me feel bad. If I win, you make me feel bad. How does oh, this no. work?
2: Oh no. So I think that, and this is the thing about games, right? So it's about that, the the, the skills of the various players, right? And we mm-hmm. talked a little bit in the pre-production about luck versus skills and how that plays into it in terms of a game feeling equal, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, y- you literally stack the deck in that situation, yeah. the magic it's game you're talking about, which is really put. unfair. So here's the thing with that. When we play games, we need them to not be so simple that they're boring, and not be so complicated and difficult that they're demoralizing. And there's kind of that Goldilocks zone here where it's fun for everyone. A lot of games
1: just flew through my head. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So you really have to think about who you're playing what with. And I'm going to say (laughs) that my wonderful husband, who brought this and has really encouraged (laughs) me to be the one I want (laughs) to (laughs) be. Dang it! I've been resisting. I know you have, I know you have, I I felt it. I I can just tell through the screen. Um, You know, he will never play Scrabble with me. This man Mm -hmm. will never play Scrabble. And I'm also not remotely interested in playing games like uh, chess and its ilk in terms of the kinds of um, just real heavy strategy based Mm -hmm. games. I won't ever play them with him. We know our (laughs) limits, we know how to stay married. (laughs) 24 years in we have figured it out (laughs) yes (laughs) for the time being and 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 you just don't want to hit the it's too easy no one's having fun and Mm -hmm. it's so complicated it's demoralizing and what is that for both of you or all of you we'll talk more about that when we get into uh a little series on games
1: Mm -hmm. Um, using them yeah yeah um but yeah, no, we're, we're definitely going to get to... I'm very excited about those episodes. But have uh, either of you seen the recent XKCD?
3: I think it's a recent one, an XKCD uh, comic that's a timeline of an adult game night? Oh, I think Ooh, so. I oh, my... It's it's so brilliant. It's it up, so yeah. brilliant. You know, people start coming in, chit-chatting, um, start setting up the game.
1: I swear it's not as complicated as you think, oh, rereading no. the rules. <laughs> The, the, the best thing I ever did for a, a single game night was literally find a PDF of the instructions and sent it to everyone and said, study. Uh, and then we had a <laughs> great game night. Uh, but let's check in with chat and see what they've been up to, uh, see what games have been helping them. Mom23 um, uh, Mom t- uh, Reds uh, says, card games with my great aunts, uh, bridge with my grandmother, and chess uh, and backgammon with my dad. I... I used to play chess with my aunt all the time. I That was how I learned to play chess, and now I get to play with my nephews, so that's kind of fun. Uh, Reaver01, uh, I've been able to connect with people that I probably would not have uh, had the chance to because of pen and paper RPGs, but unfortunately I'm afraid that having games as the best reference may have caused a, a misdiagnosis from a mental health professional. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's not great. Find
2: a different mental health professional if you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Or find a way to share what games mean to you. And Mm -hmm. I think that I think that this is really a difficult one, because in my experience, some mental health professionals, um, you know, they don't even have to really understand games to be really wonderful about games and how to support people with games.
1: Um, I I sometimes get a little too upset about that sort of stuff where, like, I will have a conversation with someone who is like a professional in a field and then they'll say something wrong about games and go, all right, I'm going to stop you right there real quick and explain to you why that was wrong. (laughs) 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 Uh, But uh, let's see. Uh, CY Morgan says, I have ADHD and moved cities a lot. I learned English from playing MMOs and made friends there, too.
2: Lovely.
1: I love that uh mlb mickey says uh we've uh we had a summer of guitar hero uh got to hang out with my son and his friends uh while they taught me to play and i had a actually very similar thing happen uh with my mom we played guitar hero so much uh she loved that game so much, and it was really cool bonding with her over it because, like, you know, I when I was a kid, I was into orchestra music. Like, I was I was a terrible orchestra nerd, and so like I got to re experience like some of uh, like eighties and eighties uh, music that my mom knew. Uh, And so it, it was kind of fun like that. One night, I came home at ten o'clock at night and found her sitting alone in the dark with the guitar, <laughs> <playing> <laughs> with the TV, and I'm like, "Do you want to turn on?" Your light? She's like she's like, oh man, it's dark. <laughs> Wait, Trevor, say it ain't so. It I I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I had to Uh, Hope we don't get kicked off Twitch Uh, I have to read this Because Jay put it in the chat And it made me laugh really hard I definitely wasn't playing Mario Party last Friday And definitely didn't yell at uh, at everyone When Monty Mole found a hidden block On the third turn No anger at all from me (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Nerd Magic 92, uh, Ultima 2. Oh, man, Ultima series. Uh, I have ADHD and it allowed me to exercise my mind for long periods of time while also giving my uh, hand something to do. Uh And again, man, ADHD uh, and and a lot of, uh, you know, neurodivergent things with games, it's just they helped so much. Um. (laughs) (laughs) cyf 2 uh, this is what we were talking about uh idle champions being on all the things all of the systems are belong to idle champions <laughs> <laughs> I like it i like it all your games are belong to us exactly Uh, let's see something really what he says I know for me playing micromanagement games specifically allowed me to control uh, allowed me some control in my life uh, from a young age Mm. so uh, it was still a love of micromanagement games to this day that's Uh, awesome yeah Uh, mom uh, Mom to three reds comes back and says "Uh, I learned to count from uh, decks of cards at the age of two (laughs) cribbage those
2: were great for counting I remember Mm -hmm. that
1: yep um let's see i'm trying to skip over some of them uh and just go to the ones that people were talking about Mm -hmm. um what what helped them though it seems like fantasy taught me to read
3: basically like get read quickly i got so good at uh at reading the the screen that i just cranked it up to fastest speed and was like good 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 good, good
1: yeah, meanwhile, I'm just sitting there just like okay, reading the long and the next one. <laughs> um, let's see. I think well, this one this was something really weird comes back says, uh, this is the first time I've ever heard someone compare Dark Souls to the Zelda games, but it makes sense actually." <laughs> um, let me see here uh oh uh, the, uh my husband and I mainly uh play co-op games uh for this reason Mario Car- uh, Mario golf just came out though <laughs> <laughs> that is that's the, the, all the Mario like Mini game ones. It's so great how they're like, it's so fun and friendly and awesome, and everyone yells at each other. <laughs> everyone does it. But
2: I think that's the best part of games is sort of the containment at of each the other? yelling. No, but you know, it's <laughs> kind of like we enter this space together where certain things are okay, and then when we're done, the yelling's done too. And if the yeah. yelling isn't done, find new people to play with, you know? Because <laughs> that's, that's no fun.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Hercwork her says, Sorry, taught sarcasm. I love that. I love that so much.
2: I can see how that would be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, overcooked was just brought up in the chat.
2: Oh gosh! Oh. No,
3: no, can't do. It. So over, I want to, I going to, I want to uh, mention a special thing that it's really interesting to see which games jive with your capabilities and which ones are you uh, people don't like because it just doesn't play to their strengths in a really tangible way. Uh, you know, with my autism and with my processing issues and working memory issues overcooked is an absolute nightmare because one of the things you have to do is communicate with each other in a fast-paced environment and especially for a lot of us on the spectrum we have varying degrees of verbal dyspraxia where we can't talk when we get overwhelmed that checks out and yeah. so it just becomes i mean in a safe enough environment it's kind of hilarious to me for me <laughs> to be like you think
2: lettuce?" Lettuce, so bad, and and you know, I can see what a fun disaster.
3: (laughs) What? Why are you yelling lettuce? That's what I needed you to get five minutes ago.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Onions now, onions, onions now. Oh my god! And and you know, I'm so directionally challenged when I'm playing, so that like, you know how they've got the. It, with the overcooked things are moving along, or oh, you've got just—it's yeah. you, just like like platformers as well, like that. Like I was just like I was always in Mario games. I was always dying, you know, screaming mm-hmm. as I went down. Right, so yeah, overcooked uh, was definitely a challenge.
1: My problem with that one is I I keep I it doesn't matter what colors anyone is on that screen, I will think I am the wrong person.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly,
1: so constantly. Yeah. constantly. Yeah. I'm like, why am I over at the hamper? <laughs> oh, <that's not>
3: <laughs> why did you fall off Rainbow Road again? <laughs> well, because I'm wait, no, I'm not in inver- I'm the one in the lower right. Oh, god, right? right? Yes. Oh, my
1: god, yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There there, there is a there's a lot of really good uh, uh messages in here. Uh I, I'm I'm having trouble sifting through them. Uh but uh let, let me see if I can get one more in here. Um oh <laughs> I like this. Chamber X77 says, I think MMOs uh are what helped me learn to type so fast. Uh I never would have um uh, made it into a typing class.
2: It's true. That was yeah.
1: AOL instant messenger for me. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, God. I miss away messages. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think that is uh, all the time we've got for today's episode. Uh, Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you? And uh, yeah, if, if they want to get in contact with you. So just see what you're up to on social media. People can
2: find me on, on Twitter at uh at metra jordan and my website metrajordan.com, i'm around but not as around as dr b <laughs> I,
3: i'm just gonna i've started professionally saying when people ask what do you do i'm like eh, i'm around
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> uh, I, I get around Um, I I, I still like what Greg Miller says. I'm a big deal to a small group of people. (laughs) I'm a medium deal to an even smaller group of people. So,
3: (laughs) Um, so I, you know, first of all, give Take This a follow at Take This Org on all the socials um we've got content coming out semi-regularly these days go to take for mental health resources and to check out what we're up to uh, but if you want to follow me personally i am the dr b t-h-e-e-d-o-c-t-o-r-b right down y'all and yeah. yeah you can find me doing what i'm doing probably ranting about hats or D or <laughs> like the latest batch of beer i made that didn't turn out the way i wanted it oh, to oh no Uh, That recipe was flawed that they gave me. There was no (laughs) coriander in that, and that was a problem, and they added too much lime. How dare they? Think of the children. Well, wait, no. No.
0: It'll
2: it'll probably make good chili or good beer bread. It's a thing. You can make Mm it.
1: Mm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, you can find me on the Difficulty Class podcast every Friday, as well as Champions Lore every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Twitch.tv slash c Games, which is right here right now. Well, not tomorrow. Not now. This is now. Anyhow, you can also find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. There are some things and stuff happening on the channel this week. Uh, today... If you're here live in the chat uh stick around at 1 p.m for bardic inspiration uh and then tomorrow we've got a bunch of things going on because it is the summer spectacular I don't know why I did that. <laughs> uh, starting at 9 a.m. with uh, Lauren's Magnificent Morning. Uh, Champions Lore at 11 a.m. We'll be talking uh, about some some very interesting characters. Yes. Uh, and then uh, there's going to be Bardic Inspiration live at 12 to 1. Uh, Mars' Guiding Hand at 1 to 3. The Sketching Hour 3 to 4. And then at 4 to 7, Mars, our uh, Storyteller Mars Presents is back and I will be playing Garlock again. And he's had some upgrades and it's really cool Uh, so i hope you all come uh hang out with that also we're gonna have a special guest robo goblin is joining us for this adventure jumping from the chat to the screen yeah so please come hang out enjoy the shows uh and have a fun time and there's gonna be a lot of awesome stuff to do uh but uh before we head out one thing jay for moderating the chat as always because you do a fantastic job uh, thank you to Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you missed any part of this show, you can listen to it later as a podcast at 2 p.m. And if you have any f- suggestions for future episodes that you want us to talk about, you can send those into Champions psychology at codenameentertainment.com. Um, and I think that is all the things I have to run over. So uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Until next week, take care of yourself. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye, everyone. Champions of psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.